Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So we're recapping Panorama <laughs> Festival. How are you guys all holding up today? Clearly not well. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long weekend. Yeah. yeah. We'll do roll call here. This is Chris Payne, obviously, here with uh, Lindsay Havens. Hello. And uh, Dan Rice, first time on the Alternative Facts podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Chris. Where, where I feel like you, uh, you've had a busy day. This is quite a weekend for all of us. What is your uh, favorite memory of the weekend of Panorama? Is it? Is there any other answer than Frank Ocean? Nope. The only answer. <laughs> Frank Ocean said was awesome. Yeah. But you, you like you like skipped out like halfway, right? I did not. No. No. Wait, you or was see that him crying in a corner? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the other person I was with. Yeah. They skipped where, out. Where did where did Jim go off to? He probably left to beat the crowds. To Classic go to move. the party at Leor Cohen's place. Is that what happened? That's what I think. I. Did not know about the party at Leo Cohen's place, although I was with Leo Cohen earlier today. So I guess oh, were you really? Yeah. <laughs> what What happened with Leo today? Just went b- down by the YouTube office. Oh, yeah. Far more important things than I've done today, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think we're all pretty much in agreement, and I think that was like the, the general hype that came out of the festival was that Frank Ocean headlining on Friday night was awesome. Mm-hmm. The festival was a lot busier that day than it was on Saturday or Sunday. But I thought it was pretty enjoyable, a lot more chilled out, relaxed. Crowd was a little bit older on yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Didn't didn't quite feel as ancient there. So what were some of the maybe some of the other highlights later on, maybe some some earlier in the day stuff that, that we were into? Well, Solange was also incredible yeah. as well. Right totally, yeah we, yeah, we should mention that. And the, the back-to-back of Solange into Frank Ocean was fantastic on the main stage Friday night. Too much to handle, some might say. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people said that they saw people crying. I didn't see anybody crying necessarily. Yeah, me neither. But I would believe it. Yeah, I mean, that is, I'll, I'll say, I think it's kind of a trope that people say, but I'm t- not at all against it being a trope. I think it's amazing and people should talk about crying. But I, uh, you, for, for the amount of time, so the amount of time that you see someone talking about crying at a festival or a show or something versus the amount of time you actually you see, see them crying is a lot to a little. Yeah. That proportion is very off. 
Okay. I, <laughs> it's a really could, valid point, you know? Yeah, I'd like to see some data behind that, but all right. I'd like to see some tears behind that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bam. All right. Some people don't cry tears, you know? <laughs> Yo, what about how there was no free alcohol at this festival? You're that's you're just gonna walk straight into some I'm entitled territory right off the bat here, aren't you? <laughs> I didn't specify where that free alcohol was coming from or what situation it was being given to us. I mean, the, the Governor's Ball Festival was at the same grounds uh, two months prior, and the the free alcohol was flowing very freely from wrong. the uh, media section at Governor's Ball. Well, you but know, there it was. There was. I. I don't know. I'm gonna look at my credit card statement this month and see far too many thirteen dollar vodka seltzers. Oh wow! <laughs> I never look at my credit card statement. So. <laughs> um, I. I. You know, I was actually talking to somebody who works in the festival business about this um, on Sunday about my credit card statement. No, about <laughs> specifically a, that. about like that the booze situation. They uh-huh. said, well, you know, like. This is the only festival she had seen that had such nice bathrooms in GA. So they just spent a lot of more money yeah, on, you know, accommodating, um, you know, Commoners. the regular, the, you know, people who just bought a ticket to the festival rather than, you know, lubricating the press. So, yeah, the, they were almost, uh, I was going to bring that up. There were almost too many just open bathrooms to use and they were all they were it was so clean uh. it was almost suspicious okay this is my first time on this podcast is do you guys talk about music at all or? no it never comes up what about uh talk about pine grove a little bit because that's the interview that i have coming up later in this episode you guys both caught that fest or that set right that was uh, yeah. saturday afternoon yeah they uh you know, it's funny. I hadn't really heard too much about them until after Pitchfork Festival, and it sounded like it seemed like everybody was talking about yeah. them after yeah. that. And then, so I wanted to make make sure to catch their set. Um, yeah, it was it was good. They're very they're very earnest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great word to describe Pine Grove. Yeah, um, I thought it was. You know, they they surprised me a little bit. You know, because my first reaction was like, oh, these guys are just like. <laughs> This is like poppy, like rock with some country twang-ish stuff to it. And I don't know what this is, but, you know, they had like, there was, they were, they were diverse enough throughout their set that, you know, that it kept me interested. Sure. Yeah. Lindsay, what did you think about their sloth? I mean, that was the best part of the whole set, right? They had a stuffed animal sloth on stage and I may or may not own the same one. So I feel personally connected to them now. Wow. Yeah. They really, they really grabbed you and picked up a new fan along the way. Yeah, a Clinton. lifelong fan. His name is Clinton. The sloth. Yeah, he's their mascot. Amazing. Why That's do, really great. Why do, you, do they have a mascot? Why not? Why don't other bands have a mascot? It's a good. I guess that's a good question. <laughs> they they bought they bought him at a rest stop on tour. All right. Is this covered in your interview? No, actually, I should have Damn, asked him. I should have, have asked, asked him them. about Clinton the Sloth. But so far, this is the most interesting interesting thing I've heard about this band. I agree. So, I don't know, Chris. Next time. <laughs> yeah. The inside story of Clinton the Sloth. Yeah. yeah, talking about how empty the festival was on Saturday, especially early on, the interview was scheduled for 1.30 p.m., and it took a really long time to get into the festival the day before, so I left super early and I got there at about 1230 and was just sitting by myself in like the little VIP lounge like like prepping for the interview and reading my notes just because like that was where like there was a nice comfy couch to sit on and relax no free alcohol 
at all, all the all like the surrounding alcohol stands and food things were staffed, but no one was waiting in line or anything. So all the employees were just sort of like sitting there staring. Did you make any new friends? No, I I kept to myself. Good mm. for you. Jeez. <laughs> Some antisocial people here. All right. So next up, we have my interview with Evan from Pine Grove. Uh, I want to point out that the sound quality isn't normally what it is on this one, like we have with our mic set up here in the studio. This was just me with my phone on a voice memo chatting with Evan outside the festival. So sound quality, not what it normally is. Please excuse that. But I think it was a pretty fun interview anyway. Me with Evan from Pine Grove. Uh, thanks so much for coming by, guys. Why don't you uh, shout out your socials, how people can find you on Twitter, and yeah. talk about any projects you're working on you want to tell the people about. After you, Lindsay. All right. You can find me on Twitter, and only Twitter, at Lindsay Alana. That is L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y-A-L-A-N-A. My cover photo is a sloth, in case you were wondering. <laughs> but is it Clinton the sloth? No. Hmm. Yeah, Lindsay. Maybe I should switch it up. I think you and I are the are two people who both have to spell out our names because it's uh, uh, not the typical spelling. So yeah, you can <laughs> find me at uh, D A N R Y S if you'd like. The confusing part of his name is Dan, because who spells that D A N? Of course, of course. Yeah. But also spread it around that it's pronounced Rice, not Rise or, or Reese, Reese or anything else. Yeah. And you guys got projects, things you're working on, you want to tell the people. Lindsay, you were just on the Must Hear Music podcast, right? I was. You'll have to tune in to find out what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I like this um, cross-podcast. Uh, what, what, what date is the podcast run? You know, that's a fabulous question right. that I wish I could answer. Anytime between now and next week, I'd say it's a safe bet. <laughs> we'll leave it at the Must Hear Music um, podcast. Yeah, but I'm going to be at Lollapalooza this weekend, so that'll be good. If you want to invite me back, I can... Share all well, the things I, I, I didn't. <laughs> I did not get invited to Lala myself, so maybe you'll have to fill me in. It's because right. you didn't make any friends. <laughs> <laughs> who, was the, who, was the, who was the friend you made that led to this important Lollapalooza <laughs> invite? Um, no, it mostly comes down to me being from the suburbs of Chicago, so I get to chill at home and head to the festival, so it's pretty easy. Well, thanks so much for coming by, guys. Thank you. Up thanks, next, Chris. Up next, we got the Pine Grove interview. We should start off just by talking about Montclair because it's not super often that I get to talk to people outside of the Montclair area who are very uh, well versed in one of the best suburban towns in New Jersey. Yes. So I agree. You did you grow up there? Uh huh. Yeah, I moved with my family uh, from New York City when I was three, three years old, which is um, I think a pretty common story. Like uh, these are it's populated by a lot of families who used to live in New York and then. Um, uh, you know, wanted want to find a, a calmer place to raise some kids. Yeah. What what part of New York did you spend um, the first three years in? Well, born in St. Vincent's Hospital, lived in Chelsea. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, I remember talking to uh, Wes from Ra Ra Riot. That dude, he, he was uh, friends with Ezra from Vampire Weekend growing up, but I think cool. just Ezra grew up in New York. New York and moved to the Montclair area, and then they were like buds and would like 
hang out in the Wellmont and stuff like that. It was a movie theater back then. Uh, yep, yep. I saw Napoleon Dynamite there. Oh, did you uh, really? Uh, in theaters, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and actually we're, um, I'm, I'm friends with, uh, with cousins of Ezra and uh, his aunt and uncle. Oh, cool. We live in Montclair. Yeah, so we're talking about the Wellmont for those. I feel like for this part of the interview, there's going to be need for lots of explainers. But the Wellmont um, yeah. is a pretty solid music venue theater yeah. in Montclair, New Jersey. Now that used to be a movie theater. Mm-hmm. I saw Lucinda Williams at the Wellmont. With yeah, my mom. That was awesome. Oh, dope. Yeah, I saw Hannibal Burris there a couple years oh, ago. Yeah, and I saw on Twitter that he went to the Meat Locker afterwards. Did he really? He visited. Yeah, that's which is a DIY space in. Uh, in Montclair, known mostly for metal, for their metal shows. Uh, but yeah, he just went and checked it out. Yeah. Did Pine Grove play there, right? Oh, we have, yeah. yeah. Hundreds of times almost. No, that's definitely an exaggeration, but as my grandma says, any story worth telling is worth exaggerating. <laughs> Did, were you familiar with uh, Bloomfield Ave Cafe back yeah, in the day? Yeah, we... Uh, uh, one I went to a lot. Uh-huh. Um, we played... Uh, yeah, um, my old band, Dogwater, which which Zach was playing drums in, also um, played at the Bloomfield Ab Cafe like two or three times. Yeah, yeah, I remember it was like they would. I was really into like scene music in like the uh-huh. mid two thousands. Oh, that was, that was the place for it. it yeah, really was. there would be like you would have like some like smaller drive through and like Victory and Fueled by Ramen bands coming through and like local stuff in that scene. Yeah. There's a Fueled by Ramen band that I actually really love. They don't sound like the rest of them. They're called Days Away. I was just thinking, as soon as you started to say that, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, I saw them there once. Yeah, me too. Maybe we're at oh, the same yeah, show. We, we totally were. <laughs> yeah. What was the name of that album? Uh, uh, Mapping an Invisible yeah, World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That album was dope. Yeah. That was one of the biggest albums for me and my friends in, uh, in high school. Were, yeah, the... Um, God, yeah, God and Mars, the album yeah. opener was, yeah. yeah. A good friend of mine was obsessed with the last song, T-Klein's Decline at the end of the record. Yes. That's dope. Yeah, we were totally at the same, because I, I, I don't well, know what and, the odds would have been. And his guitar amp um, blew, and so uh, the lead singer ended up just kind of, he was like, really, nobody has a guitar amp I could use? Uh-huh. All right. Well, we'll keep going. So That Bloomfield Avenue spirit. Yeah. Now still going in Meat Locker. Yeah. Rest in peace, Bloomfield Avenue Cafe. <laughs> but anyway, to put things more to the present, how's how's summer touring life been for you at Pine Grove? It's great. Um, we have been on and off uh, at our place, our new place in upstate New York, um, recording and um, and playing shows, and it's it's all good. It's it's really fun. Yeah, Stereo Gum did an amazing write-up of your Pitchfork Fest performance from two weekends ago, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, apparently there was a mosh pit and there was some kid in the pit holding up his cardinal vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then at the end of the set, someone threw a stuffed cardinal. Uh, not like a taxidermy, uh, you know, just a regular yeah. stuffed animal at us. So that, that was a really great gift. Yeah. Someone I mean, else made a mix CD that like somehow got it to me from the front of the crowd <laughs> there is a huge outpouring of, of enthusiasm and support and community at that show that was, was so fun is that like because I know you, your band gets that a lot but was that exceptional in terms of other shows lately 
Yeah, well, and it being a festival, too, we weren't really sure what type of listenership we were going to have there. Uh, but there were a lot of people that we were so excited to see that were... Um, yeah, we were very excited to see that there were a lot of people who were also excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it seems like when a kid becomes a Pine Grove fan, there's a very fast track to just becoming a very intense super fan. And, like, a lot of bands aren't like that. So why do you think Pine Grove inspires that in people? Well, um, I think that it might have something to do with, um, like, this, the stuff that I aim to do is pretty layered. And so there's stuff that's um, maybe immediately um, approachable about it, but if you want to dig deeper, you can. And so it gives people um, an, an occasion to find, you know, to re-listen, to, to find something new when they, when they do. Um, and so it, it's rewarding, I hope. So like there's levels to it. Like beginner, intermediate, <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> expert fans of level. Yeah, but but of course, there's no requisite for listening to our music. You know, it's, I think that when it comes down to it, I'm just trying to write pop songs. I want to write things that are catchy and things that are emotionally direct. Uh, but if you want to dig deeper with the lyrics or um, or with our visual imagery, yeah, um, there's stuff there too. Huh. So that's that's one th- theory I have, but I, of course I don't know. It's it, it's beautiful and kind of surprising that people are so stoked on it. Yeah. Did you see the people joking? And by people, it was like maybe ten people who commented on I think Chris Deville from Stereogum's tweet that your fans should be called Grovers. And it was a picture of Grover from Sesame Street. <laughs> I, I, that contextualizes a tweet that someone did at me the other day because I, uh, I, I uh, said, um, I've been calling you, you pine nuts, if that's all right. <laughs> and then someone's like, what about Grovers? And I was just like, all right, that's something too. But now that, now that I realize it might have a deeper context. Thank you. Sure, the, the hashtag Grovers got a name for the fan club. That's great. Yeah. Um, officially, it's Pine Nuts. Okay. Is there any formal like any formal way that the fans are organized online? Like, is there? Trying no, to think not of that what I'm aware it would of. Be like a forum or a subreddit, or because it seems like this fandom, if not right now, very soon needs to be organized in something. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, but I don't think I could rightly be the person who organizes it. Someone needs to spearhead it. So if you're listening, yeah, these things happen organically. <laughs> Someone has some pine nuts, grovers out there, make it happen. But um, yeah, you mentioned uh, working on new music. How is that going? Oh, it's great. Uh, the album's pretty close to being finished, but I do need to do vocals still, which is uh, the most stressful part. Why is that? Oh, there's a, a ton of scrutiny on um, on the delivery and the lyrics and the sound. Because in certain ways, the way the, vo- the voice sounds is the signature of the album. Sure. Um, so, you know, I just have high standards for it, and I want to make sure that it's right. Also, there's just like a... You guys have more instruments. And on, I don't know about the album, but on stage, than probably the average band has in the mix. So there's probably like a good deal of attention to detail with all of that, too. 
Oh yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, every every part of it is, um, you know, we want want to make it as good as we can. But um, there's something about the since, since these are lyrically driven songs. Well, and specifically, that's what a song is: a melody with words. Uh, and so we we want to make sure that those are standing out in the right way. Sure. What what sort of stuff lyrically has been in your mind that's been inspiring you? Um, been exploring physical geometry and communication um, and uh, uh, light a lot, uh, lightness, darkness. I think that this is an album about, um, well, depression in a certain way, but finding beauty in a world that's sometimes very tense or challenging to, to move through. And like, if you feel comfortable talking about that, like, how is has that been like something that's been ragging on you in your life that you're getting out in these lyrics? Well, music is definitely part of my emotional process, and it's it's really helpful for me to to work through emotional friction. Sure. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So are most of this, the songs are like lyrics are written, they're there, they're ready, and it's just it's coming and lay the vocals down. It's sort of that part. Yeah, I'd say that the lyrics are about 95% there. Uh, and then there are some changes that I'm sure are going to be spontaneously made just in the booth, because that's how it always goes. But And when I say booth, it's just my room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that metaphorically. Yeah, sort of like little ad-libs. Yeah, Things sure. just click in your head like, oh, this is what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, sorry, meet a friend. That's all good. Yeah. And you tweeted out March 2018? Yeah, that's my guess. Like a goal? Yeah. Cool. That, that's our aim. Have you riffed on album titles, art, anything like that yet? Yeah, but it's, you know, it's all... Uh, Nothing's confirmed yet, so yeah. I don't necessarily want to talk about it. But um, I am, yeah, you know, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more and more comfortable with like where this album is and what it, what it is as um, a single coherent statement. I, I'm very proud of the work we've been doing. Word. Oh, I wanted to ask you about what did you think about the op-ed that Nandy wrote? 
about like all the sexism that she encounters. Mm-hmm. If, if, yeah. For those listening, if you haven't read it yet, check it out. Sure. It is a Bond uh, es- Esquire. Yeah. Like last yeah, month. Nandi. Yeah. What did you think of that? Right. Uh, Nandi. Yeah. My bad. Oh, that's okay. Well, it it was. I mean, it was it was terrific. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, it was really moving to me. It's sexism in music is something that I would never experience on in, in a first-hand way but um, all of my friends who are women and musicians who are involved in the industry in some way experience it kind of all the time and it's just it's varying degrees um, I I think what I really loved about her piece is that um in it, she she embodies a creatively energetic mind that um, has a goal, has a purpose, is here for a reason, and it is not open to any distractions. It's not willing to take any shit, and so like. And that's how I, I know her as a performer too, um, and so it just I, it made such a persuasive case. Like, how could someone read this and, and still act misogynistically? Uh, but it's it's not. I, I mean, I understand it's just like so internalized for some people that it's not on purpose. So I think raising awareness is, is a really important step. Totally, and probably a lot of people would just assume that like DIY and punk music and indie rock a lot of people are just more aware and more woke of stuff like this and that it wouldn't really happen mm-hmm. but from what she wrote it's very apparent that like yeah it does totally um, and it is a musical community that is deliberately inclusive so it's especially disheartening when that sort of that sort of thing uh, happens but you know it this is, uh, in, in a way, a personal journey, but it's also something that we've been really um, honored to support her through. Yeah. Like, from your vantage point, do you see, like, like issues of misogyny or just for being treated differently, like, going on? Of course, yes. But uh, but more than anything, I think we just need to listen to the women who are experiencing it and telling it firsthand. Yeah. Are there any other pieces? Because I, I think what we're getting at is like a piece like this is very important and like needs to be like amplified for like people to like see it. Is there anything else you've come across lately kind of like that? Uh, well, I'm not sure formally, but just like anecdotally, uh, th- this is something that we, we talk about often. It's just like how, you know, the, the things that we're experiencing and how can we um, make our world or at least our community a better place and how can we do better um so yeah it's it's a constant conversation yeah did you see uh npr's list of like the 150 best albums made by women oh i yeah i, I saw that i saw that that happened i did good yeah to check it it's out it's good yeah and then like it's definitely spawned a lot of other like spin-off lists that are also worth checking out yeah who's listening um so yeah, what else is ahead for you guys? Do you have a, like a bunch more festivals, or are you taking out more time to kind of focus on recording? Yeah, well, we want to finish the record up. Um, that's that's a priority for sure, and um, 
I don't know, more than anything, I just want to write more songs. Yeah, what about this show today? I saw you tweet it out. Or that was, you're the main one that does that. Yeah, I do the Twitter. Yeah, Yeah, like just tweeting out like, yo, this huge stage we're about to play today. (laughs) Where it is, because this is the main stage of Panorama Festival, big music festival on Randall's Island in New York City. Where, in terms of size, does this festival stage rank? Yeah, by far the biggest. Yeah? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, I would say definitely. There's no stage that... That's even particularly come close. I, we, we've um, well, I guess maybe Lollapalooza last year, last summer. That was that was pretty big. Um, but yeah. yeah, shit. Do you like get nervous <laughs> for big shows like this at all? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm freaking out, but uh, I'm. I don't know. I we're just gonna do our thing. We, we I, I I feel such support from my bandmates when we're on stage, um, and. Uh, this is this is what we love doing, and I know that they've got my back, so I'm I'm psyched. Yeah, and for a band that played the Meat Locker hundreds of times, what is it like being dropped into like a big festival atmosphere like this? Like we're hanging out in this VIP section by the Harlem River right now that has little cabanas and little ferns and cushiony chairs in between ferns and <laughs> fancy drinks. What is it like just like hanging out? places like this yeah well it's a little outside my comfort zone um even though it is very comforting <laughs> it's comfortable yeah uh yeah i uh, i don't know it's great it, what can i say it's uh we are having a good time being here we're excited to play have you had any memorable ex- oh i guess we're using this one <laughs> memory full have you had any like memorable experiences lately of like running into someone cool in a festival like this or just like seeing an awesome set you normally wouldn't have seen uh okay this doesn't totally answer the question but i i heard last yesterday at the um wxpn uh exponential festival uh connor oberst dropped in via helicopter to come see our shit (laughs) so that's got that saddle creek money that's some wild shit yeah from that Omaha, Nebraska <laughs> helicopter base. So whether flight. whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's like such an amazing detail, or just at least made up story. I saw someone who I trust tweet, and if she was joking about this, it was with the driest sense of humor, but she said that Kendall Jenner got turned away in the artist catering lounge, trying to get some free food. Whoa. That's sick. <laughs> kind of. I don't know. Everyone who's hungry should be able to eat, but that's sort of funny. Even the Jenners, when they get hungry. <laughs> Even the Jenners. Everyone's got to eat. Well, yeah. Is there anything else you want to touch on? New album? Stuff coming up? Um, yeah, well, that's probably going to come out in March, and um, it's going to be a little longer than Cardinal. Some tiny songs, some regular length songs, um, and I think some of my best songs so far. Is there any fans from the uh, the Pine Nuts High that you want to shout out? <laughs> they, they are all equal in my eyes. Uh, I love them all tremendously. And it's... Little know, nuts. Thanks for listening. Little nuts. <laughs> Growing up, big and tall. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you very much, cool. Chris. So that's it. We'll be back next week with part two of this Panorama interview series with Bleached. 
a garage rock band from Los Angeles. Maybe you've heard of them. If not, check out their uh, new EP. It came out one or two months ago. It's called Can You Deal? And also their album that came out last year called Welcome the Worms. Uh, chatted with those three ladies about uh, how they were just on tour at Paramore. They just toured Europe with them. Uh, we talked about the women in music zine that they just put out with their new EP. Talked about the new album that they're working on. So subscribe to the podcast. Get the show automatically every week. You can do that in the podcast app of your phone or just go to iTunes. Search for Alternative Facts or hashtag Alternative Facts, all one word. And give us a star rating. That helps a lot with everything that we do with the show. And yeah. Review the show, give us a star rating, and we'll mention you, we'll shout you out, we'll review your review on the next episode. So, aside from that, find me on Twitter, my handle's at plane, or just search for Chris Payne, it's the first name that comes up probably. And uh, yeah, I just tweet out things to keep you guys in the loop about the show, things we have coming up, so aside from that, that's all I got. This was fun, thank you so much for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.